for now, but I'm sure pretty soon things will be revived and church will still continue to move and days to come. There are a lot more things God has for us. And it is for those people who expect something from God. Amen. Those who want to do great things for God. And it is for them. And I just want to challenge every one of us. Let's get ourselves ready for the season time as this. And this morning, um, tithing offering will call it a bit later. Right? Is that okay? Uh, but right now, we just want to zoom into the word of God. And let's put our hands together for Pastor Mike McKeever and welcome him warmly. Shall we? Good morning, everybody. Praise the Lord. And welcome, Abby. Welcome back to London. I want to say thank you to everybody who helped last week. Ferlin, cracking job on the worship. Praise the Lord. All the guys have gone, and I'm very happy they've gone. <laughs> I wouldn't want to do that job. It's like rounding up chickens. Is this live? Okay. <laughs> it's like rounding up chickens. They go all over the place, and you have to bring them back together. So praise the Lord. As Sandy and Sharon left yesterday. That's the last two gone, but it went very, very well. So praise, praise the Lord. God. They're all back in their nations. Um, and as Deshaun and Ransford and, and Jeremy were saying, they'll be back in on a regular basis. So thank God I couldn't have asked for a better, better transition. So if we can go back about what? 10 weeks, was it something like that? We began a series called progression. Remember that? Mm. Progression. And we began by looking at progressive repentance. The premise of the series was that we should be progressing, right? We should definitely be progressing when God has got a hold of us. But we looked at progressive repentance and we looked at the sad but sorry truth that many Christians do stop repenting, especially when you've been, you know, saved a long time. That was the first message progressive repentance. Then we looked at progressive salvation, healing, deliverance, prosperity, and righteousness, the very definition of the word salvation, progressive salvation. Then we looked at progressive sanctification, how that was God's will and goal for our lives. Mary stepped in. She felt she wanted to, to contribute on progressive rebellion. Just like we can progress with God, every day we have an, an alternative. You can also become a rebel. I know I was one. Been there, done that. Not going back there again. I hated it. <laughs> Rebellion is available to me and to you. Don't take it. It's, it's the wrong road. And then we looked at conflicting ambitions. That ambition, I was shocked at that message. That, that really was an eye-opener to me. First time I've ever taught on ambition in my life. Scripture tells us to have this ambition within us, to glorify God. Mm. And I couldn't find anything good in them, virtually nothing, right? They're all so misleading and misguiding. So we called it conflicting ambitions. Because when my ambition is to, to honor God and glorify God, it kind of deals with all the, the fake stuff. Today's another progression. Progressive change. It's kind of scary. I buried Tanaya's brother, Richmond, a few just a few weeks ago. You know, the last, I was calculating and thinking. I was thinking on the way home in the Uber after a funeral for your brother. I've done about 10 funerals in the last 10 years, about one a year. And it just occurred to me, isn't that funny? At funerals, I never saw this before. We always end up talking about what the person was doing last week. That was my testimony about the barbecue. That was a couple of other people's testimonies. 
Funny that. You remembered for yesterday. You're going to be remembered for what you were doing this morning, last week. In the book of Ezekiel, it says this. If a good man does lots of good things in his whole life, and then he does something bad, all the good stuff will be forgotten. Uh-oh. But if a bad guy changes and turns good, equally, it's true. Amen? Kind of scary. You're, you know, you're, you'll be remembered for what you're doing today. So please don't lean on past glory or past successes. Right? It's not really there. How are we today? And the road that I'm on, I, I've got a choice. I've got this two choices, two paths in front of me. I've got to get my foot on the God's path, right? And this path, it's deceptive in some ways because the path I'm choosing ends up eternal. If I'd known that this rebellious path was going to be eternal, I wouldn't have taken it. I was playing a game and it was a dangerous game. Sometimes you put your foot in the wrong thing, it'll take you, right? It'll take you with it. I'm going to say it again. The path you're on is going to end up eternal. In the book of Revelation, when Jesus is just finishing all things, listen to this prophecy from the very mouth of Jesus himself. Let the one who chose the path, let the one who does evil, now continue in evil. We're passing from the temporal to the eternal. Let the one who chose an evil path continue now. Now you've got no option. Now you will continue in evil. But let the one who chose righteousness now continue to do what is right. Get your feet on the right path. Get your feet on the right path. It is a dangerous path. I'm going to talk about progressive change this morning. There's only two things that don't change. God, our God does not change, and change. Change doesn't change. Change is here to stay. We, we walk around the lake, we pray around the lake beside our house, beautiful place, and we've been there just over a year. You wouldn't believe how much that place has changed. You know, the plant life has changed. The fish have changed because the weather has changed. The flowers have changed. Everything in God's creation is in this process of progressive, constant change. So what happens Christians then? <laughs> right? What happens to us? How do we get stuck? The whole world is changing at the moment. Heavens above. Politically. Economically. It's upside down. Things are really in turmoil. Religion, the whole religious scene is changing. Socially, things are changing. This is a time of immense change. We were with some of the Singapore guys last week. They, they said this terrible, very sad statement for me. They did a survey in Singapore. Three quarters of Singaporeans said that they, con that they consider marriage, family, and career of equal importance. Oh, that's enough to make you cry. I'll say it again. Three quarters of Singaporeans, when surveyed, said they consider marriage, family, and career of equal importance. Do you agree with that? No, 
No, no, no, no, no, no, no, no, no. No, no, my career is not as important as my relationships. What changes have taken place in culture to create such a, a perspective on life? Your relationships, your family is more important than what you do. Who you are is more important than what you do. But this world is, can change us as we live in it. I have a proposition to make, and let's see if it stands as we test it with some scriptures. This is my proposition. When God is involved, change will always be for the better. LFC is going through some, some changes. When God is involved, change will always be for the better on every occasion. Now, I need to justify that statement. That's a, that's a large claim. Let me read from the book of Haggai chapter 2. For thus says the Lord of hosts, once more I will shake the heaven and the earth and the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations, and they will come to the desire of all nations. And I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. Listen. The glory on the latter temple shall be greater than the glory on the former. These are the ways of God. Amen. Progressive change. For the worse? No, 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 no. For the better. From glory to glory. The glory on the latter house will be greater than the glory on the former. And I believe that is the prophetic destiny here, Tim, for LFC. That the glory on what is to come will be greater than what there has been. Amen. All you've got to do is stay on the bus. I began my missionary ministry in Poland a long time ago, <coughs> 1990 or so. I went several times. We preached all over the nation. In those days, I tell you, Poland was third world, man. It was so poverty stricken, so underdeveloped. And I've had the chance to go back recently several times for conferences and stuff. I couldn't believe my eyes. Man, they got their act together pronto. They have prospered. The mind, I remember the mindset. I remember in those churches. And how close the pe people change. For the better. I tell you, God, I mean, God got, got in that nation. One of the most economically progressive nations in Europe. Which is why the Poles left the UK in hundreds of thousands. Because it's good back home. They went back home. I, I'm delighted to say that. I grew up in Ireland. The Dublin that I knew as a child, you would not recognize Dublin today, the Celtic Tiger. It changed it drastically, dramatically, economically, socially, in every level. The nation changed for the better. It's much better than it was, far better. So the principle goes like this. You started at zero, but you're determined that your children are gonna start at five. Or if you started at five, um, true or false? If you started at five, you're determined my children are not going to start at five. They're going to start at ten. Amen. This is going to progress. I had to struggle for my change. I'm going to try and make it easier for them. I'm going to give them a head start in life. What parent doesn't say that? Every father says that and so it is with God, your father. Amen. He's going to give you a start. He's going to put the wind beneath your wings. And to help you progress. Paul planted. Apollos watered. But God is behind that thing to give it growth. Amen. 
There should be a, a progressive change within our lives that we can see. But with many, we don't. Sorry, this is the other side of it. With many, we do not see that. This is a year absolutely of opportunity and expansion. But you've got to take the opportunity. You've got to grab it. You've got to grab it. Opportunities don't come and stay. Opportunities come and go. <laughs> they come and go. You need to grab the opportunity. And scripture, many, many parables by Jesus show the two paths. The good son and the bad son. The, 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 the uh, ten virgins. Ten asleep, ten awake. Yeah. Not everybody sees the moment. Not everybody seizes that opportunity. And we, please, guys, there's how many days are left in this year? Pastor Gustav keeps on telling us how many days for Christmas. <laughs> Not many, but enough. Not many, but enough. God is a gracious, gracious God. And there is still time for you to grab, seize whatever it is. I was out praying yesterday. I just, you know, I thank God for my father. Yeah. Do you know when my father died? Do you know how much money he left me? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't have money. We didn't have money. My father left me a fortune. Yeah. Left me principles. Yeah, principles. Taking me for a walk every Sunday. Oh, Jesus, thank you for that. Even as a child, even as a child, I remember thinking, this is good. Amen. I could see the other dads, God bless them, but I knew I, I wouldn't want what you've got. I'd rather have this. No, he didn't give me money. He gave me principles. And even with his limited theology, it was good theology. Talking to me about God. Talking about how to behave in life. How to build healthy relationships in life. That was his deposit in me. Praise God for that. Now I've got to put that to work. I've got to put that to work in my life and let it do its good work within me. My first point my, my proposition, when God is involved, change will always be for the better. But you're going to have to grab those opportunities. My second point, sorry, we move from glory to glory and faith to faith. I want to use an example of a human being that I know, a pastor whose life has completely and utterly changed, utterly changed. I ran a drop-in center for heroin addicts in Dublin for three years. And one day this little guy, small guy, comes walking in and I could see he was out of control. I mean, he was using heroin, cocaine, glue, uppers, downers, Valium. He took everything. He was involved in armed robberies, armed bank robberies. One policeman tried to kill him, tried to shoot him dead one day in a place called Inchicore. His name's Jason Smith. Today, he's the pastor of our church in Belfast. <laughs> Progressive change. Progressive change. When I'll, I can see it now. I can close my eyes and I can see that guy walking into our place. Totally lost sheep with no father. No one to guide him. 
nothing in his life. And a guy called Frank Cochran begins to preach the gospel to him. Listen to this. He's a drug addict, chronic drug addict. He's homeless. He's single. And he's not only unemployed, he's unemployable. (laughs) Right? God gets a hold of him to change him for, change him for good. Now listen to the outcome. He's addiction free. He's no longer single. Met a lovely girl, got married. He's no longer homeless. He bought a house in Belfast, just up the road from where I was born. And he's no longer unemployed. He's the pastor of the church. You get the point? Change should be and will be for the better when we let God in from glory to glory. Changing progressively. Good, better, best. Never let it rest till your good is better and your better best. Right? And so it is. If If that's not happening, it's me. If it's not happening, it's my... It's my flaw. It's my fault. In some ways, guys, I, I would say to you, try and get yourself on a roll. You're on a roll, Tim. <laughs> get yourself on a roll. We're on a roll. But you have to start. Momentum's hard to start. It's always hard to get moving. You see? But I can feel the roll. I can feel it. I can feel the spirit, the wind behind me. I can see it. It's evidenced. Matthew's gospel, when Jesus saw their faith, you can see faith. You can see it. It's evidenced in people's lives. But it starts somewhere. God's opened a great door. Thank you for being so receptive for our changes. God has opened a great door for us in ministry. Big surprise to me. But you see, for that faith, from glory to glory and from faith to faith, From change to change, your glory increases. It changes for the better, but your faith increases. One of the first, when I met my wife online, one of the first demands from me is she better have faith. (laughs) Yeah, it was my consideration. Girl, you ain't got faith. It's not going to work for me because I need to take steps. I need to make action. And some of them may sound a bit crazy. So I need to know that you've got faith. But listen, see, we both acted in faith. We both acted in faith. And now we find ourselves here. Another step of faith. Are you with me? You you will have to start running to keep up with God. And even Tim, with you stepping out just a few months back, it's a step of faith. And now look what's happened. Now you need more faith. You sit on a roll, man. On a roll. Many people around you who will be sitting still won't see it or understand it. Because they've never been there. God is slow and God is incredibly quick. He's both. Once he starts moving, you will need to keep up with him. Come on. And God is moving all over this place. Many people want confidentiality about the developments in their lives. Fine. There's some good news, some good announcements coming up in here. Because God is moving in this place. So get on the bus. Seize the moment. Get on a roll, basically. So my first point, we should be moving from glory to glory. When God gets involved, change is always for the better. We should be moving from levels of faith 
to further levels of faith, right? There should be greater challenges that we find ourselves given the capacity to achieve. Well, look at that. Just like Jason. When Jason walked in, would you believe he would be leading? The no, no, of course not. But he's grown from faith and salvation to faith to go to Bible college to faith to lead a church. Great. Progressive change. Just love it. I want to say thank you to those, especially on Zoom this morning. I want to say thank you to the parents for having the faith to send your children up to this youth camp. We've got 15 from here and 15 from Desta. So 30 youth and kids have gone from this church. You can't do that without faith. You know why? Because when you've got your kids at home, you're in control. Isn't that true? Yeah. And the risks are so limited. You've got, you're in control. But when you put them on the bus on Friday, guess what? Who's in control now? Yeah, yeah. You cannot be in control and God in control at the same time. Those two things don't go together. That's not faith. When you're in control, that's not faith. Once you let go, it takes faith. It takes faith. Put them on the bus, you're stepping back. Say, Lord bless. That's faith. Even a simple thing like that. How do you spell faith? R-I-S-K. How do you spell faith? R-I-S-K. And if you expect in any way to have faith operational in your life and to have a risk-free life, sorry. Just like I can't keep control and walk with God, that's not faith. It's faith when he's in control. Likewise, risk. You're going to have to get comfortable with the whole risk factor or we just can't walk on with God. Be willing and be ready, please everybody, to take up new challenges all the time. When I'm talking about faith, I don't want you to think that that's careless or reckless. I don't like reckless faith. I don't act in reckless faith. But I'm very, I'm very cautious with my faith. With my faith. We began our move. We couldn't tell you because of you know, confidentiality within the church structures, but we began to know that we were going to be moving about a year ago, just under a year ago. You see? Listen carefully, everybody. Leaving is more important to me than entering. Amen. The way I leave here is much more important to me than how I enter there. You need, you need to really appreciate that. Pastor Mike, why did you take a year? Because I will honor my leaders. I will honor both sides. I will honor each and every step will be done honorably. That's why. That's why it takes so long. <laughs> I know exactly what Jeremy was saying last week. I know exactly what he's saying. He's trying to act within honor. You know, I had a woman come to me. She's going to get divorced. She got divorced. I was trying to stop her from getting divorced, but I'll never forget this conversation. Many years ago, I sat with this girl, you know. Her relationships are in a mess. Family's in a mess. Her life is in a mess. And this is what she's saying to me. I'm going to another place, to another country, you see. And I could see what she was believing. I'm just going to leave. 
and everything's going to be okay when I leave. <laughs> and I remember the, the little prophetic word in my head for that lady. Announcement. You enter exactly as you leave. You will enter exactly the way you leave. If I look at me, I'm black, black t-shirt, brown shoes. If I step out into the car park, what am I wearing? You're exactly the same. If you're in a mess, guess what? You will be taking that thing with you in spirit in some form. You will enter as you leave. So I've taken great care and great time and great patience to make sure we leave with every box tick that I can possibly tick so that we can, the enter bit will be automatic. God will honor that provided I do this part right. So I'm saying that because as God begins to challenge you in faith, it doesn't mean you just run out the door. Not that simple. There's principles, there's ethics, there's protocols, there's a professional aspect to pastoring that you have to have respect for. Or you're going to make a mess. You're going to make a mess after a mess after a mess. There's blockages to faith, folks, and I see it everywhere I go. I'm very fussy that faith is living in us, right? I need it. I need my faith alive. I need the living word to sustain me every day. Oh, yes, I do. And I'm, I can be aggressive on this, but first thing for us is company. I'm very fussy with who is your friend, Marys. I don't want bad women around you. I'm very fussy with that. I'm very fussy who's my friend. I don't want to listen to gossip. You want to gossip? Just go away from me. Gossip's called blasphemy in the Bible. Blasphemy, slandering, because I'm made in the image of God. You see? That's why it's blasphemy. Why do you gossip about man who is made in God's image? Jesus. Some of you, your company is still destroying you. Still destroying, even after all these years. I've had to leave certain pastors groups because I didn't like the conversation. I'm very fussy with my WhatsApp groups. If I'm in a WhatsApp group and I know the conversation is evil, should I stay the group or leave the group? It's your choice. Got these paths in life. And by the way, WhatsApp groups are never private. (laughs) So don't ever dream that you're posting privately because you're not. So make your choice. Make your choice. And God will bless you once you make good choices. Watch the media. Change that old mindset. And pray in the prophetic words. Fight, what does Paul say? Fight a good warfare with the words that were prayed over you. Thank you, Lord. From faith to faith. From glory to glory. Just like Jason in Belfast. My life should show the evidence of God is in me. And I'm changing for the better. And my last point, I've written it down here, changing from confusion to clarity and from darkness to light. Changing from confusion, shall I tell them a secret? Shall I tell them what happened this morning? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we had a war in here this morning, very early this morning. There was a demon in here, yeah, spirit. Is that okay? The spirits all over the Bible. Everywhere Jesus went through his spirits. Don't panic. Mm-hmm. Nothing to do with us. Do you know what? Confusion. There, it was as clear as day. Evil spirit of confusion. Now, let me be really clear. 
That spirit is not coming to attack me. I dealt with that a long time ago. It's got no power in me. It's got no power in her. Who's it coming for? <laughs> you. Yeah. And that's where authority is important. Get out of this place in Jesus' name. Get out. Get out. But you, of course, can give that spirit authority by sin and by the wrong company. And the, you, you know how it works. You open a door that you shouldn't open. But that was definitely, definitely in here this morning. She was in warfare for a long time. And then we felt we broke it. Change should be, you meet people who are continuously confused. Don't you? They're endlessly confused. Proverbs, the path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter until the full light of day. No longer confused. There's two things in life that if you're experiencing them, you can categorically say, this is not from God. The first one is fear. I have not given you a spirit of fear. Didn't come from God. Fear. And the second one is confusion. Right? Scripture is clear. Confusion is not from God. So don't tolerate it. Don't accept it. And pray that that change of progression, progression in discernment, progression in clarity comes over you for your future. You're going to need that because faith can be attacked or hampered by that. Look at this, the Ephesians who were reading this yesterday. For this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. This is confusion disappearing, right? Give you wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him that your eyes of your understanding, no confusion. Paul knows what he's doing. The eyes of your understanding will be enlightened and you will know the hope of your calling. Great clarity there. Great clarity. Hope of your, I love those words, the hope of your calling. All over the world, guys, give me your attention a moment. Let me just explain something here. At this current time of change in the world, crisis, global crisis, pastors all over the world are losing hope. Yeah. Everywhere. They're leaving the ministry. Walking away in greater numbers than we've seen. Church has got no leaders. Nobody willing to. They've lost hope. You know. Do you know where I see this loss of hope thing? With singles. I do a lot of work with singles. And when, you, when I meet a single person, I can feel whether they've got hope. Or whether that hope is just gone. They've just, you know, turned everything, shut everything down. I've got no hope anymore and you need to reinvigorate that but that's what's happened to pastors by the way look at me yeah hope is not here and faith is down there no no faith is here and hope is down there faith is being sure of what i'm hoping for and what's happening in churches and pastors and Christians like you is that the dream they were hoping for is diminishing, it's dying out, and the faith is not sustained. They had a dream. They had a hope. But with all the wars and the pandemics, they're losing hope. This is what Paul's getting at, that you would not lose the hope of your calling, the hope of their ministry. 
And whether that's a hope to get married or a hope for a ministry or a hope to start that business that God or whatever that hope is. Paul is praying and I love this prayer. May God restore to you the hope of the calling that you started out with. And let that hope fuel your faith. So we prayed over this yesterday and my wife had a couple of points that she wanted me to conclude with. Three points, listen carefully. In the year of opportunity and expansion, please take action. This is it. Opportunities come and go. Act now. Remember Joseph, in the, uh, Joseph acted now to store the corn because now was the season of favor. Now was the good weather. Now was the harvest time. Not seven years time, now. So Joseph acted in the time of favor and then he was prepared for the time of war. You need to act now. And her last point yesterday, which is the most important point of the day, is this. Submission in times of change is your best friend. Submission in times of change is your best friend. Let me finish with this. Try not to cry. <laughs> we finish with this uh, story. Abigail. Thanks for the book. That is one of the best presented. It is excellent. Honestly, I'm not just saying that. I, tr I said it to my wife when I sat on our sofa and went through your book. I thought that is utterly beautiful. That is a wonderful work you've done there. Well done. Um, Listen, let me tell you how faith and submission and all these things work together for good and for better. I was in Liverpool working with Victory Family Centre Liverpool, wow. assistant pastor, right? And I had a hope, I had a dream. Yeah, I was like a boy. I had this dream that I was going to produce the word of God for the nations. Maybe I'd write a book and I would want to broadcast maybe on TV or something like that. And then this guy called Rick Seward comes along. Yeah. And I just knew I just had, I'm going to obey him, but I don't know what he's going to ask me to do. So he said, you, Glasgow, <laughs> you're going to Glasgow. <sighs> but what about my dream? Submission in times of change. Thank God for studying scripture. And I had enough grip, I had just enough grip to know if I submit to my leadership, the problem's God's, not mine. If I submit, the problem becomes God's, not mine. I'm going, talking to myself, I'm going to obey, I'm going to submit. Hi, Pastor Rick, yes, I will accept the commission to Glasgow, but I've got tears in my eyes because I'm giving everything up. And I had no hope because I was going to be too busy pastoring. So I go to Glasgow. The church exploded. It grew incredibly quickly. Hundreds and hundreds of people joined. And I can remember sitting in the leadership team, 13 full-time staff, sitting in that group one day and looking at the group. I've got editors, book editors. I've got TV people. I've got every single gift right in front of me, available all week. 
And we went on TV for free. One of the members paid the bill. And I wrote my first book. I remember that. Listen carefully. We finished the first book. And I had five people helping me. Two editors, a formatter, graphics, all that sort of stuff. I wrote the first book. And as soon as I finished the first book, this is year one, I got straight into the second book. In fact, we're starting. We overlap a little bit. So the team, the five people are saying, <clears throat> Pastor, um, let's do the second book next year. <laughs> let's do it next year. Yeah. Let's have a little break. Let's have one more year and then we'll do some work. So I can remember saying, we will not do it next year. We will be doing the book now, immediately, right? Listen, I'm not finished. We finished the second book. I immediately go to the third book. What did they say? <laughs> How about, I've got an idea. Why don't we have a six months delay? And we'll start, so everybody here, no, we're gonna do it right now. Do you know, I did that eight times. Year one, year two, year three, year four, eight books in a row. Listen, see when I finished the last book, guess what happened? Tom took a job at another church. I lost my chief formatter. Heidi got married and went to America. Bang goes the transcript girl. Leanne got a job as director of a pretty big drug company, Malaysia. They were all gone. <laughs> if I had waited, yeah. if I had not seized the moment and the opportunity that was before me, I was saying, one more year, you, we've already been warned. Don't say that. Make hay while the sun shines. And right now over this church, the sun is shining. Amen. And the grace of God is all over this place. Amen. I just hope you respond. I'm going to finish the way I started. When God is involved, change is going to be for the better. Amen. We should be moving from glory to glory. Amen. We should see progressive faith. But that's going to require you taking a step until you get on a roll. Put all the negatives out and get your foot on the right path. Stay on that path. And may God sustain you. I commend you, Tim, for stepping up when everybody else is stepping back. Many people would probably like to be offered your position, but they wouldn't do the job. Do you know what I like about you? you, will, you he didn't ask for this. You're not only going to accept the job. You know what I like about you? You're going to do the job. Amen. It's a big difference. Lots of people want the offer or to be considered because of a lack of self-worth. And he never did. So typical of the Bible. So typical. So your future is looking good. I'm not concerned about him. I'm concerned about all of you. <laughs> Stand with me. Father, I thank you where God is involved. Change is always for the better. Amen. And I pray for if, if anyone be losing hope, the hope of their calling, as Paul puts it, the dream that they had, I pray you will revive that hope in Jesus' name. Lift up your eyes to the hills. Lift up your eyes to the hills where your help comes from. God, restore hope and Fuel that faith within us to complete this great journey we are on. We will change from glory to glory. We will change from faith to faith. You're not finished yet. 
You're not finished yet. All you need from me is my submission and my willingness. So thank you for bringing us to this place. We commit our future, this church's future, Tim and Angela, and all that you're going to do. And in advance, we give you thanks and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Pastor Mike. Well, 